Look what you made me do. Look what I made for you. His name is Old Man. Old Man Wayne. I live by the car. I die by the phone. Old Man. Old Man Wayne. Old Man. I'm about to do something terrible. Welcome to the Old Man Wade Show. I am your host, the God of Stubborn, the Lord of Laughter, Old Man Wade, and welcome back to the Old Man Wade Show. It's been a while since I've been here because I needed a break. Took some time off, took some time myself trying to figure out what I wanted to do with this show. Uh, the show's pretty much going to be the same, but you're going to get a lot more solo me. I need some time to gather my thoughts. I need some time to... It's a mental health time. You know what I mean? You can use it for sick days, so I just use them for podcast days. I'm not going to take another hiatus like this again, but I kind of needed to. So here I am. I'm back. Nothing's really going to change except for going to focus a lot more on the positive of things. I'm going to spin the things positively. I'm going to try my best to do things that aren't you know, so negative. Like We listen to these shows a lot of times. And it's misogynistic, it's it's racist, it's homophobic. And when you have these topics like that, it, it can come off a little too... It can hurt your mental health a little bit. So what I'm going to try to do is start speaking on the positive when it comes to things. Which is kind of funny considering the first thing I'm going to talk about and say is rest in peace to the legend, Lance Reddick. Now the word legend gets thrown around a lot because, you know, it's... People don't have don't own a thesaurus. So when someone does something good and they pass unfortunately pass away, they're automatically considered a legend. Nah, not necessarily the way it should be. But I'm gonna quote something that a comedian Sam Damaris said when he talked about him, him passing. He was never really the star of something, but he was always a major contributor to whatever he was in. You wanna look at like The Wire, which is where a lot of people know him from. And in The Wire. He was great. I'm looking up exactly what his name was because, you know, my memory is super trash. I didn't even know he was in Oz, too. In The Wire, he played Lieutenant Daniels. And without him in that show being the person that he was, I don't know if The Wire is the phenomenon that it ended up becoming. This was, he played a character that was, sometimes you hated him, sometimes you understood him, but regardless of what it what you felt about him, Lance Reddick did his damn thing. He's been in just all these random shows. Like you can see, he was in the Fringe. Like apparently, he was in ninety episodes of the Fringe. But if you're someone like me, what you may remember him from fondly is probably the most most recently was the PlayStation game Horizon. As soon as you hear that voice, you knew it was him. And granted, it also helped that they just like designed his face off him. But he had a very distinguishable voice. And he started doing a lot of uh, animated feature work. He was in Paradise PD for a while. Uh, I think it was it was Choppers, Clappers, because he had giant nuts. So he was um, Agent Clappers, which was hilarious. He was in an episode of Rick and Morty in one of the Vindicators where he played a train conductor that kind of seemed like he had Green Lantern powers, but unfortunately the only thing he could construct were ghost trains. It was the funniest shit ever, but... Someone like him, it didn't seem like he cared what he did because whatever he did, it was great. Uh, John Wick, he was the the hotel concierge and trying to keep a hotel of assassins in check is not an easy job. But for some reason, it seemed like you it was believable watching him do that. 
because of who he was. You're like, all right, he's got this calm demeanor, but you can kind of tell not someone you should be messing with. So I really like that that's how he was. So that was dopeness in it. So rest in peace to Lance Reddick. I really do. And it was funny. The internet kind of felt the same way. Though. Like it wasn't one of those things where you looked online and people were like, you know, like pooping on him and saying he wasn't as good as you said he was. No, like it genuinely seemed like everyone had something positive to say about him. And it's super dope when you hear things like that. So rest in peace to the legend Lance Reddick. So as I'm recording this, it's officially been a week since The Last of Us finale concluded. I really wish I was doing weekly episodes on this because there was so much to talk about throughout this season. And as someone who just freshly finished playing both games, well, starting and finishing both games, I loved everything that the creative team did with this show. It isn't easy to take a project that's so beloved and change things and still make it as good as it did. For example, let's take the character Joel, played by Pedro Pascal. In the game, Joel was a curmudgeon. Like he was just everything about him was just angry and it took him a little while longer to get to warm up to Ellie. And granted, you only had nine episodes for Pedro Pascal to kind of warm up to him. But even throughout the show, and like he may not have seemed as close to Ellie, but you still had kind of a sense that like he was warming up to her a lot sooner than you did if you played the game. And I kind of dug it because I don't know if the hardcore, angry, bitter. Joel Miller that we saw in the game would work as well in a TV show. It may have turned people off because it it, it may have maybe it would have seemed to drag a little bit more if he was very if he was more gruff. You know what I mean? Like Wolverine is the most gruff and angry and curmudgeon person that you'll ever see in a fictional in a fictional um, genre. But even he makes jokes. Even he has a warmer side to him a protector in a way it was smart of them to kind of make him a little more vulnerable earlier than they did in the game and that's something to be commended and especially considering that like most people in the nerd community yes i think the gamer community is a nerd community where we can be a little more judgmental and angrier when things don't necessarily look the way they did from the source material one of the things I'll never get over is Deadpool not having a mouth. And maybe if they tried it and did it in a different way, it would have worked. But it didn't. Here we have changes like David the Cannibal not necessarily being as vicious as he was when he was cutting up a body on a butcher's table. Instead... Ellie caught on with a subtle with the subtleness of an ear being chopped off next to a table, which I thought was dope. Sometimes you don't need to have everything thrown in your face. The little subtle things like that can be built up, and that's exactly what happened. They built up to David looking crazier than he already did. And I wasn't sure how they were going to be able to do that in such a short amount of time, but... Damn, did they do it and did they do it well? 
one of the other great things that was changed, there's two in particular, and I think we should start at the beginning with episode one. A complaint a buddy of mine had was that Joel's daughter didn't have much of a background in the video game, which is a legitimate complaint. We're supposed to care about this character that died, but we don't know anything about her. Sure, there were a few things, like she was a little goofier, she had a really good relationship with Joel, but that was a small serving size given to us within less than five minutes of actual cutscene time. Not really a lot to go on. Granted, you get it, the father losing his daughter, that's more than enough reason for anybody to understand why Joel would be angry and pissed off at the world. However, in the very first episode of The Last of Us, we actually get to see Joel's daughter go and get his watch fixed. We get to see her interact with just other people. And so now us, the viewers, now have an emotional connection to this character. That was dope. Before the show really took off, they did a flashback to 1960-something, I believe, where scientists were discussing fungus and saying that that's going to be the na- the next great pandemic or big pandemic. And I like that because it kind of gives you a really quick explanation on why we're dealing with the infected and why they look the way they do. You know, just a little backstory that goes to that. And possibly the best addition was... Ellie's mom, who was played by Ashley Johnson. Ashley Johnson also played Ellie in The Last of Us and The Last of Us Part Two. That was incredibly dope. Not only did we receive the gaming community who played The Last of Us or just the people who have who know the story received something that wasn't in the source material, but it was cool for the people who don't know about it. It was kind of like Blade almost when his mother was bitten by a vampire while she was pregnant with Blade and that's why he has certain immunities like he's not sensitive to sunlight and silver and things of that nature. All the powers, none of the weaknesses except for the thirst if you want to call that a weakness. So it was it was nice. The creative team, and I'm, you'll hear me say this a lot when referring to this, especially when um, one of my friends, Just Greg, comes on and we discuss the video game in general. The creative team did a fantastic job adapting what we saw in the show and bringing it to light in, excuse me, taking what they had in the game and bringing it to light with the source, with the uh, HBO show. Of course, there are other things that The Last of Us managed to connect to the show in the video game. Of course, a fungi pandemic is one of the major things. It's the driving force behind what's happened to the world. There's also the fireflies and the affected. There are smaller things that make the make a huge difference too. They may have overlooked. They may have overlooked, but the creative team should be acknowledged for their attention to detail. So much of the premiere opening act plays tribute to the source material. Of course, Sarah fixing Joel's watch was important to the game, the entire game. That had to be done right, and it was. But there are smaller nods, like the dinosaur birthday card, something that the writer, something that the writer, I'm reading an article that I wrote, didn't catch right away. Then while Joel, Tommy, and Sarah were driving away, the house 
um, on fire. The camera work is heavily influenced, which is heavily the camera work. Excuse me, that's heavily influenced by the game. Uh, and you want to fast forward to Joe Elliott Tess trying to get out the quarantine zone was actually dope. Like taking the like the rain and going through the sewers and all of that. That's cool. Now in the game, Tess does get bit. However, she doesn't die sacrificing herself to protect him from the infected. In the game, she protected him against the Fedra. Which, you know, was cool. I thought of, and I'm not sure if it would have made a difference either which way, but Fedra wasn't really a big part of the show. So maybe it wouldn't have really made much of a difference either way. Or if Fedra would have come in, like, you know, the audience would have been like, why Fedra? Like, especially considering we didn't see a lot of the infected throughout the show. But when we did see them, they were in big doses. Like, the scene where they, I believe it was Kansas City, where Catherine and the rest of the people who rebelled against the Fedra came out and the infected leapt out from the sewers. That was super dope. Another nod to the game where a truck hit uh, a house and then the infected came up from the underground. But again, Catherine, another character who wasn't even in the game. They created her specifically for the show, and she did a fantastic job. Also, apologies, I keep calling her Catherine when her name is Kathleen. Uh, played by Melanie Linsky, who is also in a show I'm watching now, Yellow Jackets. She's super dope. Like, she absolutely bodied this episode, this episode. And speaking of body and episodes, you gotta talk about episode three. This is one of the episodes that didn't really have a lot of Joel or Ellie in it. The episode focused heavily on Bill, played by Nick Offerman, and Frank, who played who's played by Murray Bartlett. In the video game, Bill and Frank. It, it's kind of hard to tell whether or not they're in a relationship or not, but you could assume that they were just by how angry Frank was in his letter to Bill and how, was it that was it Bill to Frank? Yeah, how angry Frank was to Bill in his letter before he died from getting bit by infected, and especially how Bill reacted to it. He didn't necessarily cry, but you could, but he was choked up. In that In that particular, in the game, it was more bitterness from Bill. In the show, Frank genuinely loved Bill. Bill genuinely loved Frank. There was no real animosity toward them. Of course, like they had their spats that we saw in the show. But these were the kind of lovers quarrels that you see within any relationship. And honestly, watching that episode was great. It was beautiful, and like I looked at it as a a love story within an apocalypse. So like even throughout all of the danger and just destruction and death and even isolation, these two people managed to find love. These two men ended up finding each other. It's almost no way you can really be mad at that. Like it was, it was honestly beautiful. 
overall, I give the show a 9 out of 10. I'm pretty sure if I thought hard enough, I could think of some things that I may or may not have liked about the show. Uh, maybe I didn't like that it was a little bit shorter than I wanted it to be, or some scenes were cut out that I wish would have been added. But to quote a comedian, this would be me picking the gnat poop out of like pepper. It's so small and inconsequential that it shouldn't even really matter. But if you haven't watched the show, I highly recommend it. It's on HBO Max. I'm almost 100% sure if you don't have HBO Max, you can purchase it on Amazon Prime because what can't you purchase on Amazon Prime? I hope that the episode three gets awards for what it does. I hope Pedro Pascal gets awards for his um, portrayal of Joel. Uh, Bella Ramsey was incredible as Ellie. I really don't have much more to say about season one. I will wait to speak with just Greg before we really get into the second season because there was a lot that we had in common. There was some stuff that I thought uh, that I loved, I should say, that a lot of people just didn't like. And I can't wait to talk to him about this because he's actually the one who put me onto the games. And without him, I don't know if I would have enjoyed this show as much. I probably still would have enjoyed it. But I think seeing a lot of it after recently playing the game, because like I said, I just started playing the games in October. And like I said, I loved them. I loved the games. And then doing a run through, rerun through of the first one while the season was going on. Kind of had me looking at it a little differently, but in a good way. I'd had don't really have anything negative to say about it. And, you know. But, you know, speaking of saying negative things about projects that everyone loves, Mad Max Fury Road. I saw Mad Max Fury Road a couple months after it came, after it was released on DVD or Blu-ray, which is sadly an old statement in itself, via Redbox. Me and my wife sat down and watched it, got through about the first, hmm, we'll say the first 30 minutes, and I cut it off. Immediately hit up my best friend, Diddy, who you can find on Above Average LLP on Twitter, talking a bunch of nonsense and great, great wrestling commentary and just so much more. And I was like, yo, we got to watch this tomorrow. So we watched it. And let me just say, the first time we watched it, we both thought this movie was absolutely booty juice. It was bad. Just wasn't a good movie. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't understand why a lot of people watched, why a lot of people liked it. But you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. So one day, actually not even one day, so let me let me rewind back to after seeing it. So I have been on record, as has Above Average LLP, talked about how much we thought this movie was overrated. And our homie, Shenanigan Creations, you can find them on Instagram, S-H-A-N-A-N-A-G-I-N-S-C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N-S, who's been on the show we discussed, Interview with a Vampire on AMC. And they were like, oh, it's really good, it's really good. And we were like, he's like, you got, you're not watching it right, you're not watching it right, you gotta be a little inebriated. And I'm just like, this movie is booty. Didn't bother watching it. So last weekend, or two weekends, depending on when this episode comes out, we were like, oh... We should do a watch party. Cool. So we all rented the movie. 
I watched it. And I will say this, as ridiculous as that movie is, I still don't think it's as good as everyone makes it out to be. However, in the right setting, that movie is incredibly fun. And like I said, it's apocalyptic Mario Kart. They essentially just go in a circle and rewatching it, I understand why they went back, why it made more sense for them to go back, why it made sense for them to go back when they did. All of it is now, like, I have a different perspective on it. There was still a lot wrong with it, but I will say, visually, it's one of the more beautiful movies I've ever seen. Everyone talks about Avatar and like how Graham Brown groundbreaking it is, which it is. But there was something about Mad Max and how bright the colors were and how everything kind of fit. Even when it was dark, it still, it was still kind of vibrant. You know what I mean? Uh, shout out to Superwalk Harvey, who said he enjoyed the black and white version of it. And I'm wondering what the black and white version added to Mad Max Fury Road. Maybe you're not, maybe I won't be as, astra- as maybe I won't be as distracted by the colors if I watch it in black and white, maybe it's a better story that way. Or maybe it just looks better visually in black and white. Who knows? Like, I can look back at Sin City, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. And I don't know if it's as breathtaking if it's in color. Because the little hints of, like, red and green and orange and yellow during specific scenes make it a little bit better. So maybe just the black and white version of Mad Max Fury Road add something to it. I've never seen it. I don't know if I ever will. If Javi's like, yo, let's sit down and watch it. I probably will. If Javi's like, let's watch it in black and white. Cool, I'll probably sit down and watch because it's Javi. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. Revisiting it, when I initially would have given it a two, I'm now giving it a solo rating of about a five if you're watching with a bunch of people and you may be imbibing on something it's probably about a seven on the fun scale but i still put it about a five on the realistic scale i don't really think it's as groundbreakingly great as everyone makes it out to be it's silly it's goofy it's got tom what is his last name venom Tom Hardy, got Tar Hardy and Tom Hardy being Tom Hardy. It's and I will go on record by saying that Charlize Theron is one of the greatest actors of all time. She absolutely kills everything she's in, even if the movie's bad. No one, people didn't like Atomic Blonde, but yeah, I liked it. But again, I'm a Charlize Theron fan, so maybe it's just my bias to her. But you know, I. Yeah, if, 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 if you can get it for free, watch it. But otherwise, meh, I'm not really, like, I'm not breaking down any doors to ever watch a movie ever again. But, you know, it was fun. I just don't think it's nearly as good as everyone makes it out to be. Now, I talked about some entertainment stuff, but there is a topic that I wanted to discuss. And it's particularly about the idea of Michael B. Jordan being called corny. Michael B. Jordan has been called corny... And one of the things I've heard is because he's been known, I guess, to only date white women, 
which I don't see what the issue is. You like what you like. At no point in time has he ever come out and said anything disparaging about black women. However, you got Gilbert Arenas, who flat out said there's no such thing as an attractive black woman. Dark-skinned black woman, excuse me. Now, I don't know if he's ever retracted the statement, but personally, after hearing that, I was all set with him. Michael B. Jordan has been nothing but a pleasant person. Now, do I know what he's like behind the scenes? No. How the fuck would I know? I don't know anything about the man. But I know the persona he puts out. He seems cool. He seems lovable. He seems likable. He's a good-looking guy. And the knock is that he only dates white women. He just got out of a relationship with uh, Lori Lori Harvey, I think her name is. Lori Harvey. And now the thing is, it's like, oh, he's just doing it because of the stigma that was on him. And he only did it because of this. Here's the thing. None of y'all know. You don't. You can assume. But what does that get you out of, like, knocking a man that you don't know? Like, that's my biggest thing about that. And furthermore, I have a question for people out there. And you can hit me up on Twitter, OldManWade.com, and at me and answer this question for me. Why are black men the only group of people that aren't allowed to date whoever they want to date? Now, before you kill me, I'm not talking about dating white women. I'm talking about dating other men. Insecure did a fantastic episode about that where one of, I'm not sure if it was Issa or her best friend's former boyfriends or former lovers had a relationship, a sexual encounter with another dude. And for some reason that was an issue. However, if you're a woman who has an encounter, who has a sexual encounter or sexual relationship with another woman, that's okay. You can even be a white male and have sex with another white male, that's okay. But for some reason, if you're a black man, you have to date a black woman, and that's it. My wife is Cape Verdean and white. She's mixed. I have been told that I don't like black women, I don't like dark-skinned women, and all sorts of things because of that. Fun fact. My wife is the first light-skinned woman I've ever dated. All of my girlfriends have been dark-skinned. 75, 80% of women I've had sex with have been dark-skinned. But because the woman that I fell in love with happens to be light-skinned, that's an issue. Um, I've been called all sorts of names because of it, but I don't get why that is, because, you know, love is love. That's the way it, I thought it was. But apparently when you're a black man, you're not dating a black woman... That's just the way it is. I don't understand it, but I also don't know whether or not it's for me to understand. I'm happily married. Um, all my friends are happily married. They're dating whoever they love or whoever they're they're married to. They're in love, and I'm happy for them. But y'all got to miss me with that um, stigma of people being corny for whatever reason. It's Michael B. Joy. If, and if it's not because of who he's dated... Is it because he's well-spoken? Is it because he carries himself a certain way? What is it that makes Michael B. Jordan corny? I don't, like, I am literally struggling with this. It's, the man did Creed. He was, I know people, I didn't know that this was a, a um, an uncommon thing, but 
I thought he killed it in Black Panther's Killmonger. Thought it was great. Thought he was one of the better comic book villains we've ever seen. But apparently that's not a thing. Apparently most a lot of people think he was bad. But, you know, what do I know? I thought he killed it. And his return in Black Panther 2, enough time's gone by, so it's not really a spoiler. But his surprise appearance in that was shit. It was just as good. And in a shorter amount of time, too. So, again, miss me with that Michael B. Jordan's corny crap. I've been called corny before because I like rock music. I've been called corny because I've never had a one-night stand. I've been called corny because I like rock music and wrestling and comic books. Nah. If that's what makes me corny and it makes and being corny is enjoying my life, being a good person and not necessarily doing all the fuck shit that y'all are doing, that's cool. I'm perfectly fine by that. My wife loves me, my friends love me. So, you know, feel how you feel. Another serious topic I want to discuss is the Job ja Morant situation. There's a few things, and actually I know this has probably been going on for a while now, so I may I am super late to the party. Uh, the whole situation with John Moran having a gun and everything else is going on. One of the things I'm seeing, and I have to give Rory uh, Farrell props for this because he brought up a point where everyone goes, well, where is his friends? Where is his uh, family? Just because they're there, just because they're there doesn't necessarily mean they weren't saying to him, hey, don't do that. I've been in situations where I knew what I was doing was stupid. And my friends and family was like, hey, don't do that. Hey, why are you doing that? Hey, this is a terrible idea. And I still did it anyway because I wasn't listening. That doesn't make them bad people. I was just being hard-headed. So I don't think the, the blame can be placed on them. Now, I'm not going to say that he didn't have some negative influences in there because, again, I don't know the man. I will say this. The one thing from my perspective is that his road to recovery did seem a bit quick. Excuse me, quicker than I assumed it would be. It was like one week he was under investigation. The next week he was taking some time off. And then like within that week, it was always going through counseling in Florida. Then two days later, he's out of counseling and doing an interview with Jalen Rose. That all seemed very weird and fish to me. And having Jalen Rose do the interview also seemed very weird. Jalen Rose is not, I'm not going to say he's one of the safer, he's safer than all the smoke. And Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson are, they are killing it. They are fantastic at what they do. But if you want an NBA player to sit down and talk to, Jalen Rose is the one to talk to. He carries himself in such a manner that's unseen by a celebrity of any caliber. And it was the right thing for Ja to do because if he, like Jalen Rose isn't going to Charlemagne him and ask him tough questions that, you know, the public may want to know. Jalen Rose is going to ask questions that are going to help him look better. And that's not to say Charlemagne can't do that because Charlemagne's a professional. He's one of the best media personalities or people ever. Not just not just black. Ever. Period. If he does an interview, people are going to watch. So that's why it seemed kind of weird 
that it all happened just so quickly. But you know, it is what it is. Uh, I hope the I hope that John ja Moran ended up ends up doing better. I hope at the end of the day, everything that happened to him in the past that he didn't want to happen changes. Like we all make mistakes. I don't care the like you can say, oh, he's young, he makes mistakes. 30, 40, 50, 60 year old people make mistakes. It's not about the mistake, it's about what you do after that. Now, some mistakes are unforgivable. I personally think if you rape somebody, you can go fuck yourself forever. I don't think there's redemption to that. But again, if I'm not the victim in this situation, who am I to say what is and isn't redemption? But obviously, John Morant, that's not what he was doing. He was, as he said in the Jalen Rose interview, he was portraying something that he's not. He's going to come back better than ever. It may take him a little a little bit longer to get acclimated back into the NBA, not because of injury, just because he hasn't played NBA basketball in almost, by the time he comes back again, after he serves his eight-game suspension, it's probably been about three weeks. And it may not seem like a long time when you're not doing a normal, like, nine-to-five, and maybe it is, but it's a little bit different when you're playing on an elite level. Like, imagine your job. And how you see the people, or even you, do things on such a high level. You take three weeks off from it, and then you come back. It's going to take you a little while to get used to the keyboard, to the seats, the commute, and just all sorts of things that go into your job. It's similar to an, an NBA player. Like, you know what I mean? They're playing on, they're, and it's not just physical. People forget that the NBA, like um, professional sports aren't just physical. There's a lot of cerebral things that go into it. So it's going to take a little while for Ja to get back into things. And I believe if you're suspended, you can't even interact with team events. So there's also that, too. And then there's going to be the the nerves of it all. Like, you know, the media circus that goes with, oh, is Ja going to be as good as he was? Is this going to be the thing that takes him down? And blah, 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 blah. Like, you know what I mean? Everybody from ESPN to the Old Man Wade show is going to, be, is going to have eyes on it. That's pressure. How Ja handles this pressure will be interesting to see because I don't think Ja's a bad dude. I think he did some silly stuff. Some people may call stupid stuff. Uh, to my knowledge, he didn't hurt anybody. I know there's a open case on whether or not he hit a 17-year-old, but until he's found guilty or until it's proven that he's done it, um, you're innocent until proven guilty. So... Who am, I, who am I to say whether or not he did or he didn't? All right. Uh, thank you all for listening. I'm not going to bore you guys with more of this stuff, but I want to thank you all for listening. This is one of the first first of probably many solo episodes coming up in the near future. Um, you can find me at oldmanwadecom on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me on the Old Man Wade Show on Facebook. And as, Oh, before I go, the song you're going to hear is by the song you're about to hear is the BGNA anthem. Uh, and I want to shout out to Jelani because he actually, um, I want to make sure that I promote him. He actually did the new Old Man Wade intro. He's actually done all of my intros. Uh, you can find him on Axtrumentals on Instagram. A-X-E-S-T-R-U-M-E-N-T-A-L-S. This is, this is his newest joint featuring some other premier artists from Boston. Enjoy the song, and as always, be excellent to each other. Peace.
Boston got next. We run the city. From the 617 I mean, I can't afford to say it nicely anymore. I tried, but now y'all gonna have to settle for my lack of humility and compassion. I done put all of my hats on and gave everybody a platform. I done put all of my hats on and gave everybody a platform. I done put all of my hats on and gave everybody a platform. The arms and the legs and the heart of my city, the brain and the backbone. I done put all of my hats on and gave everybody a platform. I done put all of my hats on and gave everybody a platform. I done put all of my hats on and gave everybody the platform. Cause bossing got next when I go for the chip, then I'm bringing it back home. What's up? I actually gave y'all a platform, platform. So please just spell my name wrong. B O A N D I E, the extra E for excellent. I'm popping up the city like a tent. All in the dot, they owe me rent. They should never submit the neck. Can't follow my path, cause you're wreck. Uh, I need my flowers, whole garden. I need my city rocking like the seas at the garden. Every time I come out, you know they stay recorded. Cause I'm the best to do it out here. Please call me. Hey, yo, you see the way we do it. You see the, you see the way we moving. Uh, now put your hands in the air. You is the squares of Rubik's Cubist. Look at the, look at the execution. They study my moves and improve their shooting. Yo, the city been next to perfect. So all due respect, we the next to do it. I'm smoking a zip with some Harvard kids. They forgetting to turn their assignments in. I'm mixing the potion like scientists. I'm a product of my environment. Yo, they think they know you. Can get ugly. Newbie and square on my that's dubby. I'm Gucci daddy. Look good in these rugby. 617, that's a city that loves me. I done put all of my hats on and gave everybody a platform. I done put all of my hats on and gave everybody a platform. I done put all of my hats on and gave everybody a platform. The arms and the legs and the heart of my city, the brain and the backbone. I done put all of my hats on and gave everybody a platform. I done put all of my hats on and gave everybody a platform. I done put all of my hats on and gave everybody the platform. Cause Boston got next when I go for the chip, then I'm bringing it back home. What's up? When you see me with a beef fitted on garden, too deep with it, blow top, so I think keep spinning. Pop off and we kill it, got balls like MB3. Hitters breathe deep, cause keep winning. We hitting on each and reaching. I leave blinking, so go ahead and be mad. I'll be all on my back while I'm repping the mask. Blowing blunt to that gas, we be climbing up fast. Thinking nothing but big chips, big things, six rings, triplet, we split wings. Busters next on that hit list, boy. Yeah, you might have seen me in all of my hats, and it wasn't for fashion, but still made a statement. Came from the basement, I rose to the apex, and you and the Jason spray painting my signature across the Hancock. Pun intended, got me sprinting past on my limitations. Took the Freedom Trail to my independence. Try to redline us, but the green coming. You blue lines, you ain't saying nothing. Level orange lines that'll terrorize anybody thinking they saying something. My silver line in the dark times is a gold mine sitting under the snap. The skelly defended the hoodie for door, whatever I'm sporting. They know it now. I done put all of my hats on and gave everybody a platform. I done put all of my hats on and gave everybody a platform. I done put all of my hats on and gave everybody a platform. The arms and the legs and the heart of my city, the brain and the backbone. I done put all of my hats on and gave everybody a platform. I done put all of my hats on and gave everybody a platform. I done put all of my hats on and gave everybody the platform. Cause Boston got next when I go for the chip, then I'm bringing it back home. What's up? It's game time, so it's time for me to show out. Why adrenaline rush every time I take a look up at the crowd? I gotta be official in this game, cause it's known to get real foul. There's no since too soft, somebody throw in the towel. Tell me why is you here? I don't see your team anywhere. Just a squad like Sebastian, I can tell fan, y'all smell scared. Ew, I really go hard in the paint. That's a fact, be too friendly and safe. Get banged on from the head top, crown, see on the tape. I network clockwork.
work, out working in, do the dirty work and paperwork all in a day's work. Make work, make it work, plug, never fake the work, smurf, trying to frame the work, fades, I'ma put in that work. Did this on footwork, trigging on schoolwork, workforce, two by smoke, stroke, work, 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 co work, should work, success, one, seven, do the homework. Full of myself, I doubt it. Just grateful that I'm grateful, like the Hall of Fame and my talents. Go Hall of Fame, first ballot. Boston Digitus, Boston Genius, that I'm Boston Vidious. Indifferent, cause I'm different, ran, makes no difference. Fitted is Bruins in the Patriots season, the socks be serious. I done put all of my hats on and gave everybody a platform. I done put all of my hats on and gave everybody a platform. I done put all of my hats on and gave everybody a platform. The arms and the legs and the heart of my city, the brain and the backbone. I done put all of my hats on and gave everybody a platform. I done put all of my hats on and gave everybody a platform. I done put all of my hats on and gave everybody the platform. Cause Boston got next when I go for the chip, then I'm bringing it back home. What's up? DJ Wade!